0: Welcome to the SSPX podcast and our next installment of our interview series. This past winter, we spoke with Father Marko Tolosinich, a Croatian priest who has a fascinating story. He was ordained a priest in the standard diocesan structure in his home country of Croatia. Even before his ordination, though, he began to seek out more information about Catholic tradition. After his ordination, he experienced what could mildly be called difficulties, while attempting to follow his conscience in learning and celebrating the Latin Mass. This prompted him to visit the Society of St. Pius X's Seminary in Zeitzkofen, Germany, and eventually to become a priest within the structure of the SSPX. So, this interview is the story of one priest's journey to tradition. But beyond that, it's also the story of one priest attempting to bring tradition back to an entire country that was left behind, first by the communists, then by the modernists. This is the story of Father Marco Tloschenic. Welcome to the SSPX podcast, and we are doing a special uh, interview today uh, with Father Marco Tloschenetz. Did I say that right?
1: Yes. That's
0: Very not good i i got the first part right at least hello father how are you
1: <laughs> hello doing well how are you
0: very good thank you um and i we are speaking to you today about uh the mission of the society of saint Pius the 10th in croatia and also uh your story how you how you came to be a society priest uh i'd also like love to learn a little bit more about uh, the catholic church in croatia um As an American who's self-centered and knows only things about America, um, I I know next to nothing about Croatia. So um, I would love to learn more about it. So uh, could we start, Father, with a little bit about you? Um, You entered a diocesan seminary. Um, I read a little bit about the account of of your journey to tradition and to the Society of St. Pius X, and and we're going to link to all of that so our our Mm -hmm. viewers can read it. Uh, But in your own words, could you give us a little bit of that that background, that story?
1: Yes, I entered the seminary in 2007. At that time, there was no traditional mass at all in Croatia, at least no official Latin mass. And uh, I didn't know really anything about the Latin mass. The only two things which I knew were that (laughs) the mass was said in Latin before the new mass came and the priest was facing the people with his back. <laughs> so I didn't really have any information about the traditional mass and the uh, first uh, step which uh, directed me in a way towards tradition was uh, the apologetics research. I came in contact with a group of uh, lay people who were uh, doing a project an apologetics webpage, and I started a research reading church documents and uh, the useful uh, apologetic materials in order to better uh, know the Catholic faith and to uh, learn about the arguments, how to defend it. And uh, this was very important for me um, in order to have a real Notion of all the Catholic teaching, uh, and uh, little by little, as I was doing my studies in the seminary, of course, of course, I realized that uh, some things which are taught in the in the modern seminaries are uh, not really in conformity with the traditional Catholic doctrine, um, and. Uh, in my research, I came in contact uh, to a faithful who was uh, pretty good informed about the traditional movement, about the Second Vatican Council and the differences between the New Mass and the Old Mass. And uh, uh, he gave me a book, Jota uh, Unum, written by the well-known Uh, Swiss philosopher, Romano Amerio, and it was an eye-opener, so to say, for me, because until that I um, thought that, uh, of course, there are problems in the Church, uh, but uh, I was thinking that it was merely on the individual level. Uh, yes, moral problems uh, in the lives of the laity and even the priests. But at that time, I realized that the problem is much deeper. The thing which is especially struck me was when I read that uh, the whole bishops' conferences um, stood up against the encyclical letter of Pope Paul VI, Humane Vitae. For example, the bishops' conferences of Germany, France, uh, Canada, they um, rebelled against the church teachings and it was really a shocking fact for me. And so I I realized there is something wrong wrong on the systematical level in in the church. It's not merely a question of uh, individual um, errors, but uh, that's the problem is much deeper and I continued my research i found out um, more interesting and helpful materials about the tradition uh, about the differences between the old and the new mass and uh, the problems of the second vatican council i came up to the to different uh, uh, pamphlets and texts from michael davis uh, for example where i um, realize that the the differences between the old and the new right are uh, very serious and uh, that it's not merely a question of um, superficial differences, but that practically the the whole uh, right of mass it was uh, pretty much changed with the uh, reforms which were made after the Second Vatican Council. And uh, Mm. yes, I found um, some other materials um, on the websites of the Society of St. Pius X and uh, some other uh, helpful traditional Catholic materials. And I uh, continued to study and came to realize that the differences between the whole traditional structure of the Church, so it's doctrine, theology, morals, spirituality, discipline, are pretty much different in comparison to the reforms which were made after the Second Vatican Council. And um, in this way, I, I realized that I have to do something about my vocation. So that things things are not as uh, I expected when I entered the seminary, and um, I thought that um, yes. So there are there are some problems within the church, but uh, one one has simply to do what uh, he can in in order to uh, strive towards perfection. Um, I realized that the problems are much deeper, and that uh, the tradition of, of, of the Church in its uh, doctrine, theology, spirituality, morals, discipline uh, is the the way one should follow. It is the uh, real expression of uh, the
0: Catholic faith. So you were you were studying about tradition. You were learning all of this while you were in the seminary. Um, mm. Why is it that you think you were able to uh discover this this path of of tradition were, was were the rest of the seminarians were they also traditionally minded or or not really
1: no I didn't find much interest for any real uh, deep theological discussion among the seminarians uh, what I expected when I entered the seminaries was uh, that uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I would find there much more fervor for the the faith, for spirituality, for deeper um, spiritual life and uh, discipline. But um, my uh, experience was that uh, I was a bit disappointed with the state of things which I... uh, Found in the seminary, and there was not much interest really for any uh, serious theological discussions. Yes, there were some colleagues in the the seminary who uh, wanted to uh, find out more. um, Yes, and who with whom I could have some. um,
0: so there were not there was not a lot of uh, other seminarians who you were able to have these types of discussions with. It was all based on this is the new theology we are following. This is this is what it is. There there was no thinking outside the box or or looking at uh, the traditions of the past. It was all just let's just keep moving forward. Yes,
1: uh, I didn't find much fervor among my colleagues in the seminary, and um, everything was, the whole atmosphere was pretty much superficial in matters of interest for theology, spirituality, discipline in the seminary, and I couldn't really find uh, much space for theological discussions, although there were. Some colleagues with whom I c- could speak about the matter, and um, a few of them even visited the traditional Latin mass, which was uh, uh, celebrated at that time uh, in the diocese uh, but yes there, there was one colleague on my um, in my class who got really interested for tradition and who even learned the, to say the, the old mass uh, but uh, in the end he he didn't continue along this path but uh, uh, pretty much uh, yes all the seminarians all the colleagues in my seminary didn't have uh, any real interest for any. Uh, deeper theological dis- discussion much less for the matters of tradition for the differences between the yes, old and the new right and uh, the problems of the Second Vatican Council uh, hmm. I didn't find any uh, ground for yes such conversations among my colleagues. And the, the whole atmosphere was pretty much superficial, I can say.
0: So so you were you were ordained a priest in the diocesan seminary all while you are doing this this research and this study. Um, and and what happened afterwards? Did you start to uh, did you start to work in a parish under the dio- diocese like a like a normal priest and, and all of that?
1: Yes, during my research, uh, at first I didn't manage to grasp the uh, whole extent of the problem of the crisis in the Church and all the critical questions, Uh, uh, yes, of the reforms of the the Second Vatican Council and uh, the problems of the the new mass at first. uh, I recognize that the tradition is something good which should be followed, something that has a great value and with what should be appreciated, but uh, uh, I followed pretty much the, let's say, neoconservative or the in the Ecclesia, the line of thought. Uh, I appreciated the work of the Society and of the Archbishop, but I just wasn't convinced that the whole approach of the Society was correct. And uh, I thought, as these groups do, that the Archbishop and the Society went a bit too far in its reactions uh, on the crisis of the Church. And um, so, I was more uh, attached to this approach uh, for the solution of the crisis. And uh, I got in contact uh, with the Fraternity of St. Peter. As a seminarian, I went to visit one of their priories and uh, I tried to find a solution to my vocation. How could I realize my attachment towards tradition, Uh, and uh, what I found there wasn't really satisfying for me, it wasn't a practical solution, Uh, they couldn't offer uh, me anything which would be reasonable and which which would be acceptable and uh, uh, should be a real solution. For, for the situation that I could work as a traditional priest, as a priestess uh, who, would, who could say the, the Old Mass and preach the, the traditional Catholic doctrine in my country. And um, I was, yes, a bit disappointed with this experience and only later I realized that uh, uh, there is a doctrinal problem in this approach and uh, so it is a question of the documents of the Second Vatican Council. I think the, the main issue, uh, are the documents in itself acceptable, uh, like the Ecclesia Day communities uh, say that there is no... Uh, general problem in the text. There is no error. There are no things which could be in itself uh, which couldn't be uh, reconciled with tradition. Uh, And Is it only a matter of interpretation or is there a real uh, doctrinal problem of uh, some uh, statements of the Council which couldn't really be brought in harmony with tradition. And uh, as I continued my studies, I realized that the approach of the Archbishop and that his arguments are really correct and that they give a solution uh, to the crisis. uh, I came to read a book of Archbishop. They have uncrowned him, and that was a second eye-opener for me, I could say, when I realized that the Archbishop um, had a real solution and had the uh, correct attitude towards the for the problems in, in, in the, for which are prevailing in today's church. And there are really... Uh, things in the, in the documents which uh, aren't reconcilable with with uh, tradition is yes, the question of religious liberty. What especially struck me in this study was that uh, uh, the, was the approach of the post-conciliar popes and their implementation of the teaching of religious liberty when. Uh, Vatican itself required of Catholic countries to uh, take out of their constitutions the uh, article which expressed the Catholic identity of the countries, for example. Yes, the Catholic countries like Italy, Spain, uh, Colombia, some uh, cantons in Switzerland. And uh, it is a uh, proof uh, in, in that in reality the, it it isn't possible to interpret these novel doctrines in light of the tradition because the popes are the ones who interpret these doctrines and not the individuals and yes that happened as I was uh, a deacon um, and at that time I made my decision to visit the, uh, one of the houses of the Society. I visited our seminary in Seiskofen in Germany, and uh, what I found there was really impressive for me. I found tradition in its purity, in its entirety. Um, I was thinking to myself uh, as uh, I was uh, having a formation in, in my diocesan seminary, what should one change in the seminary in order to make it more traditional, more in conformity with uh, how all the seminaries were operating before the council? And when I came there, I I realized that's it. So that's the ideal seminary which I had in my mind, and uh, um, yes, all the aspects of the life in the community, the community were very impressive and made a real impact on me. And uh, uh, that was my first contact with, with the society in practice. And after that, I had to find a way to fulfill my decision. So I saw that this commitment for tradition is the real solution. Uh, for a priest which who wants to leave the Catholic faith in its uh, doctrinal purity, uh, but I had to make my way out of the <laughs> diocesan structures, and um, yes, I was trying to discern the right moment when uh, I could uh, fulfill this decision, put it into practice, and uh, Yes, the uh, priestly ordination in my diocese came and, uh, yes, I became a priest in my diocese and uh, I was trying to to see how to go further and I was assigned a parish vicar in one of the parishes in my diocese and uh, um, the atmosphere in this parish was very modern. And in a way, I tried to, uh, to see uh, w- w- at which moment God wanted for me to, to, to act in this direction, to, to uh, come to, to the society, to follow the tradition. Um, and uh, it went pretty fast. I refused to do some things in, in the parish, the most uh, obvious uh, modernist reforms, which are uh, a real burden for a Catholic conscience, like communion in hand. I refused to take part in it. And so the bishop let me know that I have to make my decision either to to leave the diocese, to, uh, I couldn't stay anymore, at this place with this attitude, and to, to find myself a new community, and that was the one way ticket <laughs> for the Society of St. Pius X. And, and I realized I uh, yes could stay only two months in the parish when, where I was assigned to, and uh, I went uh, to the seminary in Fitzkofen to. Talk with with Father Schmidberger who was rector at that time, and uh, um, yes, so I joined the the community of the society, and uh, uh, at first I was uh, required to uh, do a certain formation in the in the seminary to take part in the theological the. Theological studies to to have lectures in the seminary and to learn the liturgy. Yes, I I could already celebrate the, the Latin mass, but yes, so um, I I stayed in the in the seminary for about two and a half years, and there I I was. Uh, Received in the society, uh, I made my first assignments in 2015, uh, 14. Sorry, and um, um, after finishing my formation, uh, I was assigned to uh, the Austrian district where the, the Croatia belongs to, and um, uh, I uh, I started our official apostolate in my country.
0: Five years ago. Wow. Uh, it. <laughs> I, I'm reading. I, I've been reading over the last couple of days, and I'm and I'm skimming through it now. Uh, the story on on the website, which we'll link here uh, below in the comments here on YouTube and on our podcast feed. Um, and there there are a lot of details here, and I would I would recommend to our listeners and our viewers to to read it. Uh, what strikes me though, Father, about this part of the story is. I don't want to say the hatred, but I can't think of another word, Uh, the frustration, the, the adamant, um, attitude of, of the Bishop and the priest, uh, from right after when you were ordained, um, when you wanted to do a Latin mass in your local parish, uh, and it set Mm -hmm. off, it says here in, in the, well, it's Google translate, but it says it set off an alarm in the diocese, um, and, and I think it was the bishop who said, oh, yes, it must be Taloshinitz who's doing it. Uh, they knew about you. They knew that you were that weird traditional guy, that weird traditional priest. Um, but there was, it was follow our line or get out. Was that how it felt to yes. you, Father?
1: Yes, that's true. Um, Bishops today have, uh, have a lot of tolerance and understanding for all sorts of moral po- problems yeah. which uh, yes, uh, they un- account- encounter among priests. But in this case, when someone wants to follow tradition, uh, uh, they aren't tolerant at, at all. And the bishop didn't have any interest at all to try to pursue me, to stay in the diocese, to offer me something uh, some, like some more conservative assignment. Actually, yes, there was a parish with a pretty conservative priest at that time. And uh, it's a big parish, which, which has a parish vicar, and my colleagues were telling to me at that time, oh, that's for sure, you will be assigned there, but uh, no, the <laughs> bishop decided the opposite. He sent me to a world's modernist parish, where the parish priest was very intolerant, and he made no exceptions exceptions for me, and he required to do everything as he prescribed yes, even and to little details.
0: Have you had any contact with your uh, colleagues in the seminary or anyone in the diocese? Um, has anyone reached out to you or have you talked with them? Um, have you thought maybe that they would want to join you or are you just kind of seen as the rebel?
1: <laughs> we have contacts with some priests. Uh, uh, who have sympathies for tradition and who support our work but uh, yes um, they don't want to step out, they they, want, they don't want to uh, uh, give uh, open support for our work, they just uh, keep very discreet and uh, um, yes, that's they wouldn't be um, found out. They support tradition, but uh, um, it's a general problem amongst priests uh, who want to be attached to tradition, but on the other hand experience some personal problems the, the questions of their future, how would they adapt to the community, and uh, mm, yes, the issue of their uh, of the support uh, for their existence. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I think that mostly. Uh, in most cases it is a question of uh, some personal motives or uh, doubts which arise among the priests and which, which keep them yes uh, away and which hinder them sure to fulfill this decision I'd, the I'd like
0: step I'd like to talk a little bit about the work that you're doing um, mm-hmm. but first can we talk about uh, Croatia and Catholicism in general, um, from what I have learned over the last few days, which is not much, um, it seems that Croatia has a very rich Catholic history. Uh, one place I saw said 90% of the population is Catholic. Um, is, that, is it a devout country? Is there a great practice of the faith there? Or is it more just a cultural thing?
1: It's like in most uh historically or nominally Catholic countries where most of the population is Catholic, at least on paper. Uh, Croatia, yes, has some elements among its population which uh, uh, give account of its Catholic identity, for example. Um, It was an interesting reaction of a group of our faithful who came from Australia a few years ago and they saw um, religious sisters in their habits and they were uh, impressed by it because uh, normally it's not possible to uh, encounter such a a situation in some Western countries. Uh, But... uh, Yes, uh, the the uh, general situation uh, yes, in the church in Croatia is uh, more conservative than in some other Western countries. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, uh, yes, the the practice of the faith is not that high. Mm-hmm. The average mass attendance um, is about let's say ten to fifteen percent. So it isn't. That. I think it's the same situation in other countries mm-hmm. which are predominantly Catholic nominally like Italy, Spain or Austria. Um, yes, the Catholicism plays a certain role in our society. Um, it um, has its its importance but uh, uh, it's mostly uh, a matter of some superficial elements, which, uh, yes, uh, don't get much deeper of uh, uh, cultu- cultural level. Uh, yes, but but still, is it has its advantages. For example, when our uh, when. My rector Father Schneeberger, came at first time to Croatia. He was uh, uh, impressed by that that uh, one could see that uh, there is a certain subten substance of faith which one can build on and which. uh, has uh, give some perspectives for our future work. So the, the situation is uh, much more conservative uh, than in some Western countries, but still uh, it's getting more and more re- li- liberal with time. Sure. There, were,
0: there were great. It was a great number of, of priests and religious who were who were persecuted and even martyred um, mm-hmm. after after communism fell essentially in, in the 90s, did did things get back to kind of a uh, normal for the church? I, I guess we could say, I mean, this was after the reforms of, of the council as well, but um, mm. the, was there there was still that Catholic spirit that was still there, at least.
1: Yes, the, the Catholic spirit was preserved, uh, at least on a social and political uh, level. And uh, as... Yes, uh, Croatia, as well as other Eastern countries, suffered under communism. Uh, the reforms of the council cou- couldn't develop, and the whole revolution couldn't just uh, uh, take place in a, in a way that it did in the Western countries. So the Catholic spirit was pretty much preserved, preserved although. Um, the reference reforms were implemented and uh, but but yes so the the uh, first and second generation of, of bishops and priests who is, uh, fo- followed after the council were, were pretty much conservative uh, at least on a Surface, uh, but it's not. not um, yes, we, 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 we can <laughs> take the example of Cardinal Schaefer, who was uh, very much traditional minded and who kept the uh, Catholic spirit in which he was formed, although he didn't grasp the problem of the situation. In the church, which with the reforms which followed after the the council, and uh, uh, yeah, he um, interpreted the refers reference on the uh, merely superficial level as a matter of discipline and practical changes which uh, are necessary and which have to be accepted. But uh, yes, he. In this sense, this uh, g- generation of bishops and priests they didn't didn't uh, understand the, the problem of the reforms which happened in the church, but they still kept the the old spirit in a way and remained conservative. But uh, after the 90s, the uh, modernism came in and the reforms, uh, which followed the councils. To, to the to the development to be implemented more and more and, um, awesome. so we can say that the, the church here fo- follows the, the, the same path as, as in the other other countries
0: um, there's a there's a decent number from from what i understand of um, eastern eastern churches or eastern rite uh, catholics in, in Croatia and, and certainly you're in the area of the world where that's bordering uh, large numbers of the Eastern Eastern Catholic or Eastern Orthodox um, religions. How, is, how are the relations between, um, between the Latin Church and the Eastern Rites in Croatia? Is it pretty good or has there been conflict?
1: There is a small percentage of uh, Eastern Rite Catholics Catholics of the Byzantine Rite, let's say that there are about 10 to 20,000 Eastern Catholics in Croatia. Uh, there are much more Eastern Orthodox, um, um, mostly um, Serbian people, So the, the um, Orthodox which belong to the Serbian Orthodox Church. And the, yes, the ecumenism has been put into practice. Here, as well as in the rest of the church, but I think that uh, it uh, uh, wasn't developed in in this measure as in some other Western Western countries. Uh, yes, because uh, there are some national tensions between uh, yes, Christian Catholics and uh, the. Serbian Orthodox Church, which, where, um, like among other Orthodox churches, the national element and the particularist, their uh, uh, direction of uh, this uh, communities is, is very much is, is expressed and forms uh, its forms their life. Yes, we could see that. In the, Issue of uh, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, which uh, uh, was wasn't recognized by the Russian Orthodox Church, as out of uh, nationalist interests, uh, yes, there there is a, a conflict which lasts up until today. The yes, similar, it's a similar situation among the Serbian Orthodox Church, where the if yes, national tensions are very much um, expressed, and uh, I think that it, it affects ecumenism <laughs> in a way. Yes.
0: Hmm. Um, so, Father, let's turn to your mission. Um, are you the only priest of the Society of Saint Pius X in Croatia? Um, and do you have anyone to help you? And, and what, where do you serve? Where is the, where is your apostolate?
1: Yes, uh, I am the only Croatian priest in the society. Um, yes, I've been active in our apostolate in Croatia since uh, I've came to the society, uh, and uh, we have started our regular apostolate five years ago. So that's that's the time, uh, that's the moment as I was assigned to Jajcev uh, uh, district. Headquarters of our Aust- so Austrian districts, which comprises out of uh, several countries: Austria, Czech Republic, Hungary, Croatia, Slovenia. And uh, so, I am officially stationed there in our district headquarters. But most of the time, I spend in my country, where we have three chapels in our capital city Zagreb. Then, uh, split. So Zagreb is located in the continental part of our country, our capital. And there we have a chapel, uh, which is attended by over 100 faithful every Sunday. Then the other chapel is in Split. It's on the southern coast of Croatia, about four hours' drive away from our capital, Zagreb. And then uh, our third chapel is in uh, Rijeka, uh, which is located on the northern northern coast of uh, Croatia, about two hours away from uh, Zagreb. Uh, apart from that, we have also two chapels in Slovenia, the neighbor, com- neighbor country. Uh, one in uh, Ljubljana uh, and the in in Maribor. Uh, we have a uh, priest friend, Father Vitko Poderze, who takes care of, of the pastor in Ljubljana. He's been there for about 15 years, and so he takes care of this chapel as our priest friend, and the other chapel is in uh, Maribor. Uh, yes, I've been working in Croatia mostly uh, alone until now, and so this, uh, this year Next month, uh, uh, in, uh, September, I will um, get uh, help uh, Polish priest Father Sebastian Kulinski, who will um, help in our creation apostolate. And we hope that we can uh, build a priory one day in wow. my country. That would be our goal. Oh, that's great. Uh, at the moment, we unfortunately, we don't have any vocations in our. Seminaries we have some, but so, so we have to pray for these intentions that we get uh, priests from Croatia who, would God willing, be working in in, in our country one day.
0: And and you said that uh, you, there's about a hundred people that um, attend mass weekly in in Zagreb. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is there a large traditional movement in Croatia, or is it pretty small? And and you're trying to help it to grow right now?
1: No, the, the traditional movement in Croatia has started about 10 years ago. Okay. There was no official, uh, official Latin mass uh, until then. Um, and uh, at that time, the um, uh, diocesan Latin mass started in Zagreb, which is running until today. And uh, there are some priests who celebrate privately or even publicly in a certain frame, Uh, but uh, there are actually no other traditional initiatives. And the the traditional movement is uh, pretty young in Croatia. Um, But it's it's growing. I think there is a big potential because... uh, Yes, there are a lot of faithful, good Catholics who just aren't informed about the tradition and who can come to know tradition with with time. And uh, so I think we can expect uh, stable growth in the future. Yes, uh, we have experienced... uh, uh, certain growth during this corona crisis because, for example, in Zagreb we had uh, about 50 faithful before the corona crisis started last year, and now the, the number of the faithful has doubled up. In, yes, more than of 100, 120 or 30 faithful every Sunday. Uh, yes, the sim- similar situation is, we have in other chapels, and so we hope that uh, the tradition will be growing in the future. And I think there is definitely a good potential in our country for the growth. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, just, just how you found tradition, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's many others uh, in Croatia who just don't have the, the information that, that you had. And, and like you said, just trying to get them that, that information, that story, that history, of tradition, that truth, um, th- maybe that's all they need.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the time as I was um, in the seminary, there, were, there was practically no literature in creation which was available about you know, the critical issues of today's church. The, yes. The differences between the two rites, the old and the new mass, and the, the problems of the Second Vatican Council. But uh, yes, with due time, I hope that we can uh, build up our apostolate um, in a way that um, um, more faithful and priests could discover the riches of tradition.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, Father, I'm going to close by asking uh, if anyone uh, here in the states or anyone else who's listening around the world um, wants to help or is able to help. Um, what is it that you need, and how can they help, Father?
1: Yes. Uh, so below the video, the video you uh, have, you can find attached the uh, number of our, the bank account of our. Society Association in Croatia, and in this way, if you are um, willing to help our apostolate, we would appreciate uh, yes every donation on your part.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully we can we can help in, in a little way, Father. Um, but uh, but God bless you for, for the work that you're doing. I, I can't imagine uh, being the only, <laughs> essentially the only traditional priest in a in a country. Um, that's, uh, that's missionary work if I have ever heard it. So, uh, God bless you and, and save you for all the work that you're doing.
1: Yes. Yes. Likewise, thank you for the interview and for the opportunity um, to talk about our apostles in creation. And, in Croatia and uh, I uh, recommend all our efforts to in prayers of
0: our faithful. Absolutely. Father, it was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much.